Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 1420 The Watch Clicker Podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so great, Andrew. You, you look great. I feel great. Looking good. You're looking good. handsome, healthy. Thank you. Well-rested. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's it's like uh, it, it's like every time we meet to do the show where I feel like I have not breathed in breathed yeah. in the last you know week basically. Uh, but here I am, looking dad as fuck right now. I, this is the dad outfit of 1998. Right, New Balances. The only thing I'm missing is a braided, braided belt. Braided belt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but if I had a braided leather belt, this would be chef's kiss. It would be complete with the mustache. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and my socks are maybe a little. Yeah, they're not white crews. A little fashion forward. Yeah, they're not white crews. But no, this is like deliberate dad outfit at this point. No, I, you don't. That doesn't happen on accident. I hope <laughs> we would have. We I wouldn't comment on it if it was by accident. <laughs> like, oh, this is where we are now. Uh, you guys can't see the magic at home, but I assure you, it is magical. It's yeah, it's doing a thing for a lot of uh, people with daddy issues. So I don't know if if this is public knowledge, but I've been rocking a mustache here. Well, it is right because it's all over the yeah, Instagram. You, you went to wind yeah. up with it. Uh, so I I ran into a friend the other day, a, a colleague, as it were, and he asked me if I had joined a Ned Flanders metal <laughs> metal band. <laughs> he said, "Did did you join it? Yeah, yeah." Uh, and I said yes without missing a beat, which I felt good about. You should uh, consider buying a black leather vest and chaps uh, just, you know, <laughs> to complete the ensemble. <laughs> I might be too much for people to handle. That might be too, it, it might be a little, it might be like a too much, right, for the world. I think there's a specific subset of people who'd be really into it. <laughs> <laughs> they might not be the people you're looking to, you know, attract Hey, um, I, I I like attention. I like attention as much as the next guy. Oh, then you'll then yeah, no, that's good for you. <laughs> Chaps and a black leather vest, no shirt, obviously. Andrew, how are you? I'm good. I had a training day today, so I'm like on the very. I had a long training day. Usually our training days aren't like they don't bill out the whole ten hours. They're like, hey, you know, here have a long lunch. I'm like this is what we have for you today was every bit of a full training day, and then I had. About an hour and a half of a, I had another meeting later in the day, so I had a, I had a long day. Yeah, Con, and you know, like, and then mix into that, trying to pick up and drop off kids around my wife's work schedule, and it was, it was a long day. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, when you're in the army and like you have like like standard sort of in service training days, which are super easy. Everybody sort of rolls in at eight thirty. You get this long lunch. And then everybody kind of leaves at 4.30. And then there's other army training days, which are really terrible. Yeah. But you normally know, right? Yeah, you're, you're prepped ahead of time. I was not prepped for this. I, that was always my my least favorite thing. When you'd show up to a thing and you thought, okay, these are going to be short days, long lunches, early afternoons. And then they'd be like, everybody report at 6.15 for PT. We'll be doing this all week. And you're like, oh, fuck. That was the nice part about being in command is that I never surprised people with those kinds of things. Yeah. Like, hey, prep yourself. Saturday's going to be butt. But Sunday, I promise you're leaving at 3. Because <laughs> I want to <laughs> leave at 3. And I make the rules. Andrew. We've got a super long episode because we we're going to do a roundup this week. 
Because a lot has happened in the last several weeks that wasn't wind-up related or some really great interviews. And sometimes we do roundups because we have nothing else to talk about. This week we're doing a roundup because there's so much roundup to talk about that we were like, we got to do it. We got to do it. It's too much happening. Yeah, too, too many big things that we have to get the scoop on by way of other people's scoops. <laughs> some things that we that we hope, if, if you haven't heard about them, will will inform you. We purely regurgitate the scoops, though. But things that we want to talk about, because things that they're exciting for us, mm-hmm. like things that got that got my engine revving mm-hmm. for uh, for the last I don't know month or so of watch news yeah and so we've cut this off a bit arbitrarily because you know we can't talk about everything i mean we we did the math on this episode and it'd be like a two and a half hour episode so we've we've narrowed this down we've curated Mm. our selection we are curators and can we just start with can we just start with the most expensive watch ever sold at auction i think yeah that's a good place to start because we can only go down from there two million one hundred and seven thousand francs you pronounce it Franks, right? Yeah, that's the word I'll accept. <laughs> so, Surfing down. Gerald Genta. I've never heard of this guy. I guess he is, he was someone, he was kind of important. I don't know. He was in the Swiss watch industry. He's a, just a somebody, like peripheral. But apparently people care about him. And he had a royal oak that he owned. A one-of-a-kind Royal Oak, Adamar Piquet. Is that how you say that? I think. Piquet. Piquet. Yeah. Uh, and it was auctioned this week by Sotheby's. Two million francs. Just over two million francs. That is fucking nuts. And, and, and the articles I've read about this all sort of allude to it perhaps being one of the most important watches ever based on the way so the beast described it but i mean it may actually be one of the you know maybe top four or five i mean this is it's a it's a first of its kind right i mean it's a it's an iconic it's it's the first of what became one of the most iconic watches yeah well and i don't know yeah. that it was like the first off of the <clears throat> well it's not, probably the it, conveyor belt or it whatever certainly was not. that's not what you're saying yeah it it's huge and the other thing about it is and and i think the the, one of the most impressive parts to me it kind of looks like a nothing it's it's (laughs) super understated i'm like no i've seen this watch there's hundreds of this watch it's unique right it's special it's beautiful but nothing nothing about it stands out without the ownership the previous owner and without kind of its place in history, if you just look at this in a lineup of other watches, you don't pick it out as yeah, the yeah. special watch. It's just a kind of a basic bitch Royal Oak. Uh, but it's like, <laughs> this is the coolest watch in the world. Yeah. yeah. Well, so it's I, also in immaculate condition. So I did bid on this, but I couldn't. So I had like 1.8 million francs and i thought maybe i was gonna get it but the nice part is they didn't ask for proof of means when you put your bids in <laughs> right like you know some of those houses where they're like you can't see it without proof of means like you gotta you gotta pay for the right to even tour the house you didn't have to pay for the right to bid for this watch i and i'm glad that i didn't win it because there would have been a hard conversation 
Have you ever done that before where you bid on something in an auction where you're like, please, somebody else bid, please, 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 please. I have done that. I've the only time I was ever comfortable doing that was with the Al Capone estate. Um, but I wasn't able to get in and bid. The website fucking crashed mm. when they were doing the auctioning. Mm. Um, I've been on a painting once and I had that moment where I was like, Oh, what have I done? Oh God. <laughs> and then someone bid me where it, I mean, it was quick too, but I was like, okay, silent auction. You just go cross your name off. Like, <laughs> no, it, it ain't me, babe. I, I was wrong. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's all we have to say about that, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. That's a cool story. Cool watch news for sure. Can we do another auction real quick? Will you please? Uh, we got a Apollo 11. Yeah. Michael Collins Speedmaster. Yeah. And just to be clear, we're going to talk about two auction watches from this last week, but this, or this last month has been nuts for auction watches. So it's kind of the season. So we should talk about this gold speedy because, god damn, because it's cool for for a number of reasons. Number one, it's Michael Collins who was one of who who was the uh, the module commander for Apollo Eleven, mm. right? He's the one orbiting the moon while everyone else is down on the moon. So on return, this isn't his watch worn in space. I think that's an important distinction to right. make. Right. This is the gold. With red bezel commemorative, the presidential Apollo Eleven special edition release, and I want to say that they they made a hundred and thirty four of them, maybe more than that. They they made quite a few, but only less than fifty. One thousand fourteen. Okay, so one thousand fourteen. Thirty four, I want to say, went to Apollo crew. Like Apollo crew and space crew and flight crew and 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 that whole yeah and they don't, you know it's kind of shroud of secrecy but they think thirty four went yeah, to ish but astronauts the three astronauts all had their personally engra- or engraved watches presented to them and Michael Collins who who passed away two years ago like so, last year sounds right r- relatively recently. Um, his estate is kind of slowly being auctioned off, and this is among the items that's being auctioned off. And interestingly enough, he also had a Rolex auctioned off that two years ago that sold for like thirty-seven thousand dollars and wasn't even this special. It was just like it was just engraved MC on the back. <laughs> this has the engraving on the back, astronaut Michael Collins. To mark man's conquest of space with time, through time, on time. Gemini 10 through Apollo 11. Did you ever, did this, the auction on this is, oh no, so current bid $105,000. Yeah, which is. Relatively affordable. (laughs) Yeah, kind of surprisingly low given the status of this guy. Also the rarity of this watch. Cheaper than just a bone stock Royal Oak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean shit, it's like on price with an Explorer <laughs> 1 from this year. Um but yeah, such a such a cool piece of history and I, and I I know it's going to go to a collector or someone who's really going to appreciate it. I I sort of wish that like the Smithsonian would step in and buy this. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Can we talk about a couple of watches from our favorite disrespected Japanese watch brand? I think we ought to. 
So citizen, we've talked about citizen some recently. In fact, we had a whole episode, not entirely about citizen, but certainly devoted to citizen. And, uh, yeah, the idea of. And in that episode, we sort of talked about, you know, <laughs> we we lamented a little bit citizens' decision making, but also said it seems like just citizens, citizens coming coming out with some fire, some heat, mm-hmm. and two sets of watches have been announced, released in the last handful of weeks. Uh, the first one, you actually sent this, and I thought, and I thought uh, this was a great pick. But the Star Wars oh, fuck yeah. May 4th Suno chronographs. So this is what I'd call a bullhead chronograph. I think everyone would agree and call those that. Okay. <laughs> and they're and they're Star Wars. So you've got what well, we've got a Darth Maul, we've got an R2D2, we've got a C3PO. Uh you, your cadence on C3PO is strange. Your C- the M- C3PO. The emphasis on the on the O is strange. And then a, a Darth yeah. Vader. Is that the fourth one? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's just chest panels and shit. So these are 375 bucks. Yeah. Uh, uh you, you know, for a citizen chronograph, which I, I think we sort of have discussed this uh adjacently, but we or at least I really like the citizen chronograph movement, their their quartz chronograph movement, mm-hmm. even perhaps over uh, Mecha Quartz. I know Will wrote about this recently in his review of the Vero Workhorse. Uh, th- there are some benefits to that, uh, to that movement. Uh, th- but so, you know, this is going to be a citizen movement, obviously. You, you know, for a Quartz chronograph, this is pretty cool. And these watches are cool. They mm-hmm. are, without being obscene, they're clever I, the the Darth Maul one, Darth maybe. Maul, and even Darth Vader, I think, are a little obscene. They're they're like pure novelty watches. <laughs> a little on the nose for Darth Maul. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm literally actually on the nose. It, in, they, in some they integrated it really well. That center that center ring on the three and nine subdials are his eyes, and, and they captured that red and orange eye color. And the bullhorns, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it works. Re- it works really well. But it's maybe the best working of all of them. Right. Yeah, C three PO is good too, though. C- the so C three PO is almost indiscernible. It could pass as just a gold bullhead chronograph, and it also could just pass for C three PO's face. Yeah, and I think it's the least offensive, like the, the least novelty of all of them, and, and maybe also. For similar reasons, the most offensive. Yeah. It's like almost like borderline indecent. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> the the R two D two is is really I think I think probably the most cleverly done and could most easily pass as not a novelty watch. Because those subtitles are going to be small, unless you know what you're looking at, you're not going to pick up on the fact that it's R two D two parts. Like the the three o'clock subdial is a is a top down view of R two D 2s dome, like his melon. And then the six o'clock is like the top third of R2-D2. And then nine o'clock is the middle third of R2-D2. Like you get these different snapshots of R2-D2's workings. How about how about uh, eight different 44 millimeter NY0040 <clears throat> yeah, they lit it up. reissues? They lit it up. That black In- one with the like the all loomed dial is doing it for me. Yeah, so so Citizen obviously famously has made their NY0040 dive watch, maybe one of the longest 
running dive watches of all time, uh, Japanese automatic dive watches. Uh, this this sort of reissue of these, I think they've got different uh, numbers. So I think this is the NY0015 is the base number on these. 44 millimeters, 13 millimeter case, uh, famously Destro 8 o'clock crown. Mm-hmm. Citizen 8200 8, movement, which, mm, okay, uh, that's fine. It's a hacking movement. It's great. But also, at, at 550 to 700 bucks on these, it could be, it could be a 9,000 movement. It's not, and that is what it is. 200 meters. I mean, this is, it's exactly what you expect, right? Mm-hmm. It's sort of a nothing release and also a really, really neat release. I suspect that the RP on these is probably higher than these will actually go for. Yeah, right now the RP is between 550 and 695, so 7. It's a little more. I I think we'll see these at sub 500. Yeah, I think 3 to 5 is where they'll land. All the colorways are really good except for the three-tone. Oh, I like it. You yeah, mean the you blue, do? the blue, gold, and silver? Yeah, yeah, I like it. I'm not a big it, fan. It's actually probably my favorite of the eight. Really? I think so. I'm yeah. all about that full loom. So they have they dropped uh, four DLC cases, black DLC cases, and four, well, three stainless, and then one two tone. And and on all the colorways you'd expect, but for the DLC with a full loom dial, which I think is really dope and might have just put a watch on my buy list that I full fully expect I'll probably never wear, but I just want to have that watch. So if you're that guy that's ever said, I want a Fugu, but I want it to be way fucking bigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here you go. They're available. I think they're cool. I'm not sure who they're for. I know they're for somebody. That's kind of the question I always have with citizen releases. Is like, who are you targeting right now? Yeah. A lot of brands they drop and like, okay, like the new Presage. Like, okay, I get it. You're you're going after those those minimalist Seiko lovers. Like they're they're doing a cool ceramic dial. Like you're getting these really cool touches. That makes sense. I see the target audience. I don't really see the target audience for this. You know, I, I think a lot of people have been, you know, they, these things are cyclical, right? So five years ago, everybody's screaming for smaller watches. Will somebody please make a smaller watch? You, you know, now that everything's small, it's kind of nice that someone's leaning back into a bigger watch, right? It's, Citizen never stopped that. <laughs> they're not leaning in. They're just continuing their trajectory. Well, but the Fugu has always been 40 or 41, whatever it is. So I, but I don't why, remember. But what, that's a, in, in the current era. They're not going to, Citizen is not going to be the one starting the trending bigger. Like we're not going to go back to manhole covers because of Citizen's 44 millimeter (laughs) Fugu release, right? Maybe. I just, I think it was, I I don't know. Uh, I'd like this a lot more in 40. I'm totally tolerant of it in 44. You can get it in 40. Get a Fugu. But I want the full loom dial. That's that's not a lot to ask. I think you can find those. Uh, Speaking of who's your target audience, Mm -hmm. do you remember a a couple months ago, we talked about a watch brand called Doxa? Mm -mm. 
Oh, okay. Well, so the Doxa is a company that was cool and then dead and then cool again and the, then fired the guy that made it cool again. And he, and he stole one of their ideas. Mm, I think they stole one of his ideas. Perhaps. So we, we did our Doxa episode a few months ago and we talked about Synchron, the watch brand Synchron and how Synchron had released, uh, I think they call it the military. The military, the Synchron military. Uh, and we said at the time in that episode, right after this watch was announced, Doxa trolled Synchron mm-hmm. with a post, an Instagram post, saying, you know, only trust the original. We've got one coming out. And then never said shit again. And then never this said shit again. radio silent. And that was a year. Like this, we're, we're talking about a year ago was that post. If you have been following watches, you will see that now Doxa has released their Doxa Army. They've released their Doxa Army. but They stepped it up a notch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. They what do you what do you call that? Anyway, they stepped it up a notch. That's what I call that. Yeah. But it so so not steel. Not PVD. No, they teamed up with Jams Lambden of Analog Shift to make a fully ceramic Doxa 300T. That's what this is, right? Yeah. Oh, no, it's a Doxa Army. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a Doxa 300T though, right? Yeah. This thing's crazy. They only made what? I think they only made like eight of them or something. That's not a very good middle finger. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right it's it's like it's that one under your breath as you're walking away maybe over your shoulder like fuck you yeah yeah that's right i mean these things are super cool right if you had an opportunity to get these uh i think you just get it right you, you know it's like okay i'll sell my car i'll get another one i'll just buy this and figure out what to do after that and and in a year i'll sell it and buy three cars because <laughs> there's only there's a super limited edition and i think that's a huge Miss by Doxa. If you're gonna if you're gonna dole out a middle finger, you gotta deliver. Like th- this is this is a Chihuahua that is for some reason barking like a Doberman through the door. When when the company like Doxa gives you the like prepare yourself Instagram post and then kind of ghosts you on it, and then they show up with this. This is a huge letdown. It's cool as fuck. If it is actually a watch, this isn't a watch. This is a novelty. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with you on this, and it doesn't matter. Uh, I think it's actually really cool. It's it, super it, cool, but I want to be able to buy one. Like, I want more than just a like a handful of friends to be able to buy one. I want you're gonna have to go by the Synchron. Exactly. I do suspect that Doxa will follow this up with the DLC steel version. I that's hope my so. that's my suspicion on this. Uh, I, I don't know that. I don't have any, obviously, I don't have any inside information. But if I had to guess, I'd put money. If I if I was a betting man, as it, as they say, I would put money on Doxa following this up with a DLC. Or maybe a carbon or something. But the, the thing is that this is not, I don't know, this, this doesn't, this doesn't sit well with me where you're going to like motherfuck somebody and then show up with a limited edition release like this. 
you know, the guys on uh, the Great NATO, James Stacy and Jason Heaton, they talked about this in their last episode, and they both surmised that this thing must have been in development before Synchron announced the military. And I, I'm not so sure of that. I, I mean, I, what do I know? I don't know anything. But I don't, I don't know that that's true. Uh, I think that there's a chance they could have pulled this together in the time since that. So, absolutely, they could. It's we're we're looking at 18 months for a material they've worked with, a material that their collaborators worked with on a platform that they've already produced in mass. This isn't 18 months of work. I just I can't accept that it is. What's next? <clears throat> oh. What is next? Should we, uh, there's an article that I, I kind of want to talk about cause it's right up our alley. Talk about it. It is a Fratello article by Thor Swava, Svaba, Svabo. <laughs> I don't know. By Thor. These, these like Scandinavian names, there's vowels in places that they don't belong. And <laughs> there shouldn't be a vowel there. And consonants like everywhere. Um, like the, yeah, there's just no world where three vowels should go together. Uh, but the, the article is finding joy in variety. And I'm sorry, Thor, for messing up your name in so much as everyone does it. And you can feel free to like send us a voice message. Should you listen to this with how to say your name properly? Uh, finding joy in variety. Why buying 10 cheaper watches is more fun than saving for a grail. I'm and, and so, so his whole premise of his article is that, you know, he's got a large collection of watches, as I assume most of you listening have, uh, as we have. Yeah. It's, and give me more. And yeah, yeah, more is more, and more is better. Uh, his thing is like ah, about two thirds of his watch or, or of his watch collection is a rotating collection, and one of the joys of this hobby for him is the diversity and the trying new things and getting new things and enjoying new things as opposed to, you know, effectively watch fasting in, in acquisitions for a year, two years for these protracted periods of time to, uh, to save up for a grail watch. And I, I agree with him to some degree because I love more is more, right? I'm I'm all about getting new stuff, and I get I get just as excited over buying a fifty dollar watch as I do a multiple hundreds of dollar of watch, and it gets to my house, and I like I don't know how both Will and Mike will like send us a picture of a closed box, I'm like my watch got here today. I'm gonna save it to her later. I'm gonna open it. I don't know tonight or tomorrow maybe. I'm like what? No, I will stop whatever I'm doing. Whatever I'm doing, I'll leave work. I'll come <laughs> home. I'll call out sick. I, 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 I'm opening that box. I am putting that thing on. Stickers still on. I'm looking at it. I'm enjoying it. I'm gonna size the bracelet and I'm gonna wear it. And I'm gonna like be a, be like a child on Christmas, like just strutting around the house in my new watch, though nothing has changed. And I'm gonna look at it all the time. And I'm gonna take pictures of it. And I'm just gonna. I'm going to enjoy the shit out of it because I am so excited that I have this new watch and hell yeah. But at the same time, that process of finding, and I think grail watches may be inappropriate for, 
for me because I I don't know if I really have have grail watches in the way that this is once I acquire it I'm gonna be done because it's I'm just not ever gonna be done and that's that's okay that's just a that's a thing that I live with um, but those big purchase those big acquisition watches I don't know if I'm more excited about getting them and I kind of like that that the fasting phase of I know why I'm not buying new things right now. Yeah. I'm passing on this thing that I like and then I know I'm going to like and then in fact I probably love and will love a lot so that I can have this other thing that I will love just as much but it just takes me longer to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah. You, you know, I've just decided what my next watch is and I know what I need to do to get it. I'm kind of committed to not spending new money on this watch and nope. Okay. <laughs> Nope. I was like, that's a let. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's exciting, right? I, I know what I need to do to get it. And I've sort of got those plans in place. Um, as far as that, as far as that goes, it's, it, it's part of that process, right? You know, picking the watch, I've sort of made the decision. I'm ready to go. And now I get the excitement of doing those things that I want to do to make it happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It, it's not better. It's not better to have, and it's not an expensive watch, right? It, it's it's not a cheap watch either, but it's not an expensive watch. It, it's going to be just as fun because I've I'm being deliberate about the decision. So it, it's good. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying. He he sort of uh, downplays the idea of these Grail purchases, and I and I think for good reason, right? That it's overrated. It maybe not overrated, right? And, and and no offense to anybody at home. I'm not suggesting we've already offended him enough. Right. <laughs> not suggesting that there's any pro. You know, I've just you know downsized my collection to buy one watch. Uh, so so there's nothing wrong with that. But like I, I looked at my box box the other day, and it's like stupid AMW three twenty. This Casio. I'm never going to sell that watch. I'm never going to sell it. And I love it, and I want to have it. I want to have that watch. I have, uh, and I wear it once every two months, perhaps. I I have a two tiered watch storage system, and I'm I'm looking at at getting a bigger footprint. I, well, I'm I'm gonna build a bigger footprint, but I'm looking at buying a bigger footprint in the interim because I I feel bad having watches on the second layer that I can't see every time I go to my watch box. Right. <laughs> I want to see them like they're I have them for a reason and I love them and it doesn't reduce the amount of wear they get. Um, And even the watches that I don't wear, you know, I have a handful of watches that I haven't worn in months and I'm sure shit never getting rid of them because I love them. And if if you were to say you either wear that watch for the next month uninterrupted or sell it, I'm going to wear that watch for the next month uninterrupted. Right. Can we talk about a watch that I'm going to have to save for because I think I'm going to buy? Mm-hmm. So Hamilton, Hamilton's been Ooh, on a tear the last couple of years. They have been lighting it up. So this is actually, you know, we're not just copying Grenado here, uh, although we we might. We're getting pretty close here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hamilton re- re- released a watch here. It's This has been a month or so ago. Uh, it, it's a RAF Chrono is what it is. It's a Royal mm-hmm. Air Force chronograph. 40 millimeter automatic chrono that's sort of an homage to the 1970s RAF chronos. And 
I fucking love it. I hate one thing. Everybody will know what it is. I border borderline don't even need to say what I hate about it. Oh, is it the vintage loom that you don't like? <laughs> but short of that, I love this thing. I mean, silicone balance spring. Mm-hmm. H50. Cool. Super cool. H51 movement, which is a great movement. 60 hours. Um, 70. It, it, I thought it was 70 hours. I think it's a 60. Oh, I read, I read in another location, 70 hours. You know, I don't know. Could be. It don't matter. None. That's a bucket load of hours. 60 or 70. It's sort of a negligible difference. This is that military chronograph with the really clean lines that I just love it. I love it. I love this watch. And I think I'm going to need to get it. Someone said to me the other day, I've decided automatic chronographs are not my thing. <laughs> I was like, how do you decide that? That's a wholesale. That's a big <laughs> statement. It's like, I've decided big boobs aren't my thing. <laughs> I was like, how did you decide that the thing that's the coolest thing in all the watches is not your thing? Yeah. And then I slapped him really hard. You should. I didn't. He was on the computer. I have a handprint on my face. <laughs> <laughs> unrelated um no i mean it's it's it, I, I see i don't know I, I mean i i a little bit see the position right in, in in so much as power reserve is not my thing i don't give a shit about power reserve but i also recognize it as super fucking cool it's not ever gonna be a friction point for me if you tell me my watch has a 12 hour power reserve I'm going to have some wonders, right? Some curiosities as to why. Well, whatever. But also like, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I wear a watch for 12 hours, so I'm going to put it on, wind it up, and wear it, and then I won't wear it the next day. Or if I do, I'll just wind it again and set the time because that's what you do when you put on a watch is you always have to yeah. wind it and set the time. You know, I really want one of those Panerai 8 days, even though I will never never realize the value of that watch. I just want one because I think it's cool. So I, I hear what you're saying. But it's not for me. I could not care less about the amount of power reserve. Like a power reserve indicator, I don't like because it, the there's no value to me in a power reserve indicator. And I think it takes away from the aesthetics of the watch because of my desire for it. And I don't care. You don't need to tell me I need to wind my watch. I know when I put it on, I need to wind the fucking thing. <laughs> Can we talk about Timex? Oh, we have to because I'm jacked about this. And their Q line is getting cooler and cooler by way of a Quartz GMT. And, and you can say what you want about a Quartz GMT. You can say what you want about Quartz, but you're just wrong. Um, and fuck yeah, it is the, the, the Q Timex that we all know and love by way of the many iterations that have now been released starting in 2019 which and that were like impossible to get and then i got one because i just like happened to check the timex website on a day that they had new inventory and people are paying 600 bucks for these things and i got it for retail right you, you re- i got it for straight retail which is too yeah. much like right. like <laughs> it, it's it's just too much for what it is but I'm not displeased with it besides how loud that movement is. And I've been wearing it at the turn of midnight and I swear to God, that date wheel sounds like a, like a movie scene clacker. (laughs) 
Uh, there's got to be a name for those things, but I don't know what it is. I just call them a clacker. So <clears throat> Timex released mm-hmm. a handful of Q Timex GMT watches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this watch is actually uh, custom tailored for a GMT. This is it, it actually surprises me a little bit that it took them this long to do it. Um, it sort of tracks with how long Timex takes to like seize opportunities. <laughs> these things are sold out everywhere. Yeah. All of the versions. I'm on a waiting list. I'm on two waiting lists actually to get these. Uh, and so you can't buy them today. You, you know, if you really need to have one, they're available. You're going to pay way over retail. No judgment if that's what you want. I assume much like the Q Timex, once the initial excitement dies down, these will be available. You will... Wait three months and you're going to get them for $219 on a bracelet. Get them on a bracelet because they're integrated and the straps options suck. (laughs) So these are $199 on a strap, $200 and change on a bracelet. It's like $30. They're not integrated. They're hooded. But the the size transition is significant. It's like 18 to 22. Right. Right. Um, I want one. I don't know if I want the black on gray or if I want the Batman. I know I don't want the Pepsi, uh, but I want one of these. The Pepsi's man. a little boring, but that's like right up my alley. I'm, I'm realizing that the more boring a watch, the more attracted I am to it. Long term for me too, for sure. Yeah. Um, but these are, I mean, none of these are wild. They're all boring. Yeah. And, and boring in a good way. You know, that sounds like a pejorative and I certainly don't mean it that way. These are all the right kind of boring. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the most iconic watches in urology are the most boring. Sure. Like the, the, the date just or the sub are super fucking boring and they've been, you know, recreated a million times. You know, 57 11's not particularly boring, but has become so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this watch is, I mean, the Q Timex is not boring in and of itself. This is an interesting case, right? Uh, Much like the Genta watches Mm -hmm. that inspired this, this whole sort of thing, or, or at least that era of watchmaking, it's not boring. Uh, But as far as watches go, these are not the most interesting uh, or the most dynamic cases, but they're, they're just attractive. They're simple. They're really classic, easy really to clean. wear. Yeah. They wear really nice, and for and super affordable. Two hundred twenty bucks on a bracelet, and it looks like they have improved on their bracelet from the original Q line. It, it is a better bracelet, perhaps I think. not yeah. much, yeah, but but certainly incrementally better. I mean, I like it just <clears throat> aesthetically. I think it's a better looking bracelet, but it's still going to be a two hundred dollar Timex bracelet. I'm probably going to get one just so I can swap out that bracelet between the, the GMT and the three hand. I might just get it to, and then sell the three hand. Right. Cause I, I could, <laughs> I could, I would be much more happy. I think with the GMT Pepsi yeah. and the three hand Pepsi yeah. on the bracelet. So maybe I sell the, maybe I sell the Q. <laughs> this. I do like the dial markings on this. It, it, it's not anything crazy. It's just a normal Q Timex logo. But at six o'clock, it says GMT quartz. These have uh, a quote unquote applied. I think it's probably stamp and polished, but uh, they've got an applied marker. It's a neat watch. I'm into this. I mean, the whole Q line's cool. Yeah. The whole Q line's cool. It's got cool heritage, uh, like that throwback 
heritage mm-hmm. with updated technology without really a big revamping. I don't know. These are cool. I, I, I very much like. What else do we got, man? Oh, what else do we have? Uh, can we do some watch spotting? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, uh, no. First, since we're talking about individuals. Oh, uh-oh. Uh, this fella named <laughs> Will did a review of a Vero watch. It's <laughs> like, who are you talking about? <laughs> uh, and, and you can find the review. We'll link to it. It's on this website called Watch Clicker. <laughs> and it's about a week old. But he did a review of a new release from a brand that we very much like called Vero. And Will held out on us. He apparently had two workhorses, two Vero workhorse watches at his home that he photographed over a period of several days, published the article, and that's how we found out that he had them at his house. Mm. He's like, oh, did I not send those to you? Like, no, you didn't because this would have been a topic of conversation. Yeah, that's right. This is cool. So Vero in a... <clears throat> Vero's kind of a hard brand to describe because they started as like a totally in-house manufacturing, totally in-house production, yeah. and then pivoted to a much more traditional manufacturing model for small brands and and for most brands, even big brands for that matter. Um, They went from like kind of small run limited edition is I think what I'm comfortable calling them to a lot like more production brand. And they went from like kind of novelty is not the right word, but I think small runs to more typical commercial runs. Mm. And and in that transition, they went to this really cool tool watch feel. And I, and I don't mean tool watch in the way of tons of gadgets. I mean tool watch in the way of super functional, super rugged, almost pro trekky, almost like you you're never going to do anything that this watch won't do better than you feel for their watches. You know, we, we got the open water line, which is this no bullshit baller diver that's got a bunch of colorways to now the workhorse, which is this fucking super, super cool, refined, but really rugged. Yeah, I wouldn't call this watch refined at it, all. It is, though. It's clean. It's cl- It's not classic, but it's just like it's. This reminds me of a 1989 Isuzu Trooper. That's, That's exactly what, this- what the fuck it is. And it's refined in it. And like, th- this is Crocodile Dundee refined, right? That guy is, there's nothing actually refined about him, but that is a, that that man is dressed for any occasion. Sweet. Crocodile Dundee can show up in a to a black tie event dressed exactly the way you were imagining him, and he doesn't look out of place. <laughs> Smooth like sandpaper. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I think this watch is really cool. I love the way it looks. I, I love that they're doing something that really, I mean, nobody else is doing anything like this. No. This, you, you know, besides like 
I don't know. This is a really interesting watch. That's one of the things we talk about on the show is we're talking about this thing because it's interesting. And this thing has interesting going for it. With that said, I'm, you know, you said you're not sure who that new, you know, 44 Fugu is for. I'm not sure who this is for. And that's not to no, say it's, it's I mean, not appropriate for someone. I'm not sure who, though. I know that these are selling. I know people are buying them. Mm-hmm. We, I have personally talked to a couple of people who've gotten it and were not super happy with the build quality. I'm not sure if that's a one-off thing. We, we, you know, we don't have enough consensus on that to say that's a thing. But I think that this is not going. I think some people are going to get this and realize that they didn't actually want it. So. It's it's maybe one of those things. What you see is what you get. This is going to be a largely plastic, outside, you, you know, fun, funky watch. It's four hundred and fifty bucks for a quartz chrono, uh, so it, it's not a flyer type of watch, and maybe just yeah, it's, above. It's on the north edge of flyer. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's on the north edge of flyer. So, uh, I mean, I think you got to I think you got to look at this thing and be like, that's cool. I want it, and and. Of course, no, no, no judgment, but I, I think this is a little bit of a tough sell in this market. You're looking at like a Nomos dial, or a Nomos dial, right? With their fonts and like just that kind of Bauhaus. Hold on, let me pull this up. Nomos. Yeah. Okay, I guess I can see what you're talking. I'm about. thinking like it, it has a very Nomos dial feel, with a Pro Trek case, mm-hmm. and this kind of like weird integration of a left crown chronograph Mm -hmm. with an internal rotating bezel. Like this is, it's pure tool watch in a pro Trek case with a a luxury ish design, very minimalist dial. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of that, Luxury is maybe not the right terminology for the dial. <laughs> nor but, is nor is minimalist. But it's but it no it, it absolutely is. It's it's. I'm showing Andrew a picture right now of I, a 1989 Isuzu Trooper. I, I I drove one of those cars it, it, for two years. Tone, of my, it's two tone off white on taupe. I had a I had a bronze Hodio for several <laughs> years. Uh, yeah. which is an Azuzu Rodeo. We just called it the Hodeo the because Hodeo, of the yeah. things that happened in it. Um, <laughs> Boy, night. Yeah. No, uh, I, no, it, it's a cool I watch. love this thing. It, they, they, they did a great job designing it. It's, it's this weird collision of worlds. That's super fucking cool. It's, it's weird in the way I like weird. Uh, it, it's weird in the way I want. It's weird without being offensive. Yeah. Right. It, it's not a boombox shaped watch. It's a, it's a, st- strange collision of things that I think works really well. Yeah. It's been a while, Andrew, since we've talked about the show hot ones. It has been. And it's, it's been a long while since we've talked about chicken wings just in general. I don't know. how. You know, I think we talked about toxic last week, but this is like borderline a theme of the show in the early days. And then we just kind of moved past it. I think our guts needed a break. I mean, we've still been doing things to our guts (laughs) in the way of wings, but you know, you guys were done hearing about it. So Time and Tide, one of my favorite, one of my favorite watch blogs out there uh, because of just its overall feel. Uh, Time and Tide, specifically Zach Blass at Time and Tide, published an article 
called Fired Up, the best watches spotted on Hot Ones. I've, I've been told on multiple occasions by people wholly independent of one another that I look like Sean Evans. Uh, no, you very much do look like I, Sean Evans. And I think it's just that we're bald white guys. No, 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 no. It's more than that. Uh, anybody who's ever seen Andrew uh, will will attest you do look like Sean Evans. I, I think I'm flattered because I think he's a handsome man. He's a good looking guy. I wish my 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 like my tonal quality was as was as good as his. <laughs> he does have a he does have a magical voice. Yeah. So, so this article <laughs> is specifically about you know Hot Ones is one of those shows right where these people show up they know they're going to be featured sort of uh, up close and personal. It's like Fear Factor, <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 more so right. So everybody comes like looking good. Mm-hmm. Like you, you you got your Sunday best on. So but also want to look casual. That's right. You and and the the what the the wing eater left wrist close to the camera Mm -hmm. so there's like this stage the left wrist is featured prominently on hot ones Mm -hmm. for any number of reasons uh and and they go through like look at these rich people (laughs) and the watches they've decided to wear and some like really typical choices yeah i mean you've got a uh with kumal kumail Nanjiani. I'm never really confident with how to say his first name. I think I, I, I think you got there eventually. I think everyone says it a little bit differently. I'm gonna say Nanjiani, uh, you know, from from Marvel stardom, um, previously of Silicon Valley. So we're in an Aquanaut, the 5167. Like that's not a, the same guy, by the way. That's ex- no, that's no, absolutely the same guy. There's no way it could be the same guy. The guy in Silicon Valley was a little bit heavy in the middle, a little bit doughy kind of nerdy and then the guy who's just become ripped and is like showing massive pectoralis muscles in movies there's no way that's the same guy you know you'd think that <laughs> like their cheekbones look different yeah. i mean it must be like it must be like a steroid regimen or something right yeah like but then you think of, of like chris pratt you know early yeah, but days chris of pratt parks looks and rec. like the same guy not just buff not early days of parks and rec early days of parks and rec he he's fucking fat this is like a typical he looks i got like a fellow who smokes weed and lives in his van and then and then he becomes an avenger yeah but kumail Nanjiani, he he his face structure changed there's a whole episode with him on uh armchair expert where him and dax shepherd talk about their their physique journeys and um <laughs> yeah. and and yeah and so you're i think wrong. i liked i think i liked the fat one better better i um, i liked the fat guy better he was more entertaining yeah. because he's fat and i felt better about myself and then i'm like wow i'm still just fat and he's now an avenger you know the only thing i'm disappointed about this article is uh besides migos sort of royal oak fully blinged baguette diamond royal oak most of these watches are pretty boring i i was actually uh kind of taken aback by megan the stallion wearing a sky dweller that's not what i expected (laughs) i would i like for her bling level i I was very much expecting like a blinged out cartier yeah right like a, a sky dweller almost seems pedestrian a little bit for her and she's straight like baller right i mean she's been she got shot in the foots and missed an award show because of it <laughs> um but a sky a sky dweller almost seems pedestrian yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not a really interesting. I don't think it's an interesting watch. I do like Gordon Ramsay's been on Hot Ones twice. Mm-hmm. First time Black Sub, which is like, yeah, fuck, Dead, fuck uh, off, obviously. But you had it before it was cool, so it was like a, a two thousand dollar purchase. The second one is a vintage IWC Mark Eleven, which if if you're a guy like me, I appreciate the IWC so much more. You know, it's like a thirty-four millimeter. Anyway. Uh yeah, so so whatever. Check it out. Time and tide. We'll have a link in the show notes. I did Courtney Cox wearing an OP too. Yeah, and it's an old it, it's yeah. an old OP. Yeah, because it's also kind of like like baller status. So like this is just this is what I wear. What yeah. the fuck you want? Yeah, it's a it's a slender lug. Mm-hmm. Slender lug old OP. I, I found um that's always something I really look for when I'm watching hot ones is is what people are wearing. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew. <clears throat> my friend other things oh yeah what do you got okay so i i recently watched uh netflix document documentary documentary a documentary and it's the documentary called the perfect bid the contestant who knew too much and this isn't a new documentary it came out in 2017 but for some reason, it hit the like Netflix recommends lineup about a week ago when I, when I watched it. Uh, and I was like, I mean, I like The Price is Right, and I like a good scandal. I'll watch it. And it starts with this guy who you think is going to be the hero. <laughs> Have you watched it? Uh-uh, no. So it opens with this guy who you're like, just the the time they're spending with him. I'm like, oh, this is going to be the hero of the show. And he, he outlines over the course of this 72 minute documentary for probably the first 40 minutes. He's, he's covering his prices, right? Journey. And he's talking about the things that he wore, how many tapings he's been to. And he's traveling from, you know, not an insignificant distance, but also, you know, we're not talking about like an eight-hour road trip. He's going to these Prices Right filmings. And he's going, and he's going. And he realizes really early on, like before he goes to a Prices Right filming, that they're using the same things over and over again. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's memorizing prices and then kind of the age of computers arrives and he's creating spreadsheets to like as flashcards to better memorize pricing. And he's going to these shows, he's getting into the audience, but he's not getting selected by producers to be a contestant and he's yelling out prices to people and some people are listening and they're winning and then they stop listening and they stop winning and he's like kind of starting to garner attention from the host, right? He's like becoming a a a, a, a fixture, a fixture, yeah. yeah. And it keeps following him, and he's talking about all this effort he's putting into it, and he gets on. A shocker! There's a new item. <laughs> he doesn't know, so he doesn't win. And then he doesn't win his spinoff. I, I'm not real familiar with the prices, right? No, Beyond I've like some like it, yeah. like 
I've watched it like daytime television when I was homesick in school. I've seen it on. I'm, yeah, I'm not and sure. I'm, I've and I'm entertained it. by it. There's a whole cult following. When you get on the show, you have a 10 year suspension. No, a lifetime suspension. You can't be on twice. Can't be on twice. They they have this kind of sub story about this really long time producer who basically entered television onto the prices right as a producer, stuck with it, and then was ultimately replaced. He was on it for like twenty some years, then was replaced. New producers, new rules. Suddenly this guy can get back on. He gets back on. And this is kind of where the story goes from this guy being the hero to him like being kind of like a victim. <laughs> so the 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 whole I'm I'm comfortable giving it away because this is an uncommon knowledge. This is not the guy who wins the double show down, show off, showroom. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> But he's like kind of at this point now has transitioned to telling this like ultimate failure story where this other guy's in the spotlight who's been doing the same shit shows up once and then like wins everything showroom. God, doesn't matter. It was the simultaneously like really satisfying underdog story that turns into this like kind of heartbreaking documentary. And at the end of it, you're like, you just kind of feel sad in general. It's like there's people who dedicate their lives to being on The Price is Right and going all the time to The Price is Right, which is just kind of like a sad thing in and of itself. It's worth 72 minutes of your life because it's these really weird, like quirky people stories with these super unlikely heroes and like just... I didn't look at my watch once. It, it, it was fully golden age documentary that we're in right now. Yes. Yeah. A, like a documentary for no reason about a topic that you should <laughs> not care about. About a topic that a documentary should never be made about. But you're fully engrossed in the story. Yeah. The, the documentary category right now, I think, is being developed in a really fun way. and it's super golden age of docs right now. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And then you also get the docs that are like these dating shows. Right. <laughs> so I've got another thing. Do me. Uh, I watched a movie tonight. Oh, I'm excited about this movie. You just sent me the link. That's why I'm spoiling it. I watched a movie that I did not want to watch. So this was a, a, a movie that my wife said, I'd like to watch this movie. And I said, like Did that. you pay for it or is it on Apple TV for free? I don't remember. Yeah, we didn't pay for it, I don't think. But I did. I made that noise. that, Like, okay, whatever. So this is a movie called The Lost City. It features Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. Fire. Across the board. Look, I, 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 respect, crushes. I respect these people are great actors. They've both been in great movies. Who gives a shit? They're hot. But I, I'm like, this just, it's a rom-com. It is explicitly a romance novel themed rom-com featuring Sandra Bullock as a, as a, sort of washed up romance novel writer and Channing Tatum as a romance novel 
cover model. And the movie is about them going on some sort of romance novel inspired adventure together and falling in love. Okay, spoiler alert. Featuring Daniel Radcliffe and Brad Pitt. Okay, so 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 look. I'm thinking <laughs> this is gonna be terrible because it's all those things I just said, right? I, I don't think that's an unfair I don't think that's an unfair analysis. No, I think that's perfectly reasonable. It was so good. It was. I mean, look, it, it is exactly what you think it's going to be. It's exactly what you think it's going to be. It's sort of cheap gags, romance movie tropes, rom-com tropes, I should say. And and it's not, it's not effectively anything more than the sum of its parts. However, it was completely, entirely satisfying and entertaining and good. The entire time. Did you check your watch? That's my nope. litmus test for a good movie. No, nope. and it's not a short movie either. I think it was almost two hours. Uh, and I just loved it. I just had a blast. Brad Pitt's character is fantastic. He's <laughs> he's only in the movie for a little bit. Uh, One it, hour and 52 minutes. And he's great. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe is whatever. He's Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, the movie is great. It's really good. In terms of, if you want a date night movie, just just watch it. You you will not be upset that you did. You're also, it's not going to, this is not an Oscar nominee, right? I have to say, I don't like most Oscar nominated movies. It is not anything that's going to, you're not going to remember it next year, but you're going to completely enjoy the time you spend. It's like watching the new Jumanji. <laughs> I enjoyed that and I will probably never watch it again. Andrew, you got anything you want to add? I'm all out of things, man. Hey, you guys. Thanks for joining us for this episode of 20 of the Watch Clicker podcast. You can check us out on the website, watchclicker.com. We put every single episode of this podcast there, but we also occasionally put some written stuff, and most of it's pretty good. You can also check us out on Instagram, at 40 and 20 or at WatchClicker. There'll be regular updates and maybe even occasional pictures. If you want to support what we're doing at Watch Clicker, and we really hope you do, you can do that at what at well, that's not the right. Patreon.com slash 40 and 20. And don't forget to tune in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. <laughs>